Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. You're listening to the Primal Alternative Podcast. Inspiration for your evolution. Hey, it's H, Helen Marshall, founder of Primal Alternative and host of this fabulous podcast, the Primal Alternative Podcast. Thank you for being here and Happy New Year. If you're listening, it is the start, if you're listening on schedule, it's the start of 2021. And um, a question I get asked a lot is, have you set your goals for 2021 yet? And how do you set your goals for 2021? And H, do you do goal setting or what do you do? And um, so I thought I'd do a little solo show today in two parts because, you know, I'm a Gemini and there's always two parts to everything. So the first half of today's Primal Bites, right, it's going to be a little short show, uh, hopefully nice and um, quick for you to listen to. You can get heaps of takeaways in a short space of time, whether you're driving to the shops or going for a quick walk or picking the kids up from school or something like that. You can take it in, in one go instead of like an hour-long podcast, which I know sometimes, you know, it's hard to take it all in, right? So we're going to do a little bit of uh, goal setting for 2021, and I'm going to share with you the tools that I personally use and that have proven themselves year after year so that hopefully you can feel inspired to do something like that in your life because you deserve to have the life of your dreams right now, not in, you know, some distant future when your mortgage is paid off or when you've retired or when you've lost that last five kilos or when you've gone through menopause or when the kids have left home right now, like why not have a really awesome life right now with an exciting vision for the future to pull you forward? Because I tell you what, it can be of great comfort during the crappy times to have that feeling of certainty about the future. Like you might be thinking, okay, where am I right now? It's, it's tough. I'm having a hard time. But overall, I trust that everything is working out perfectly for me and I will get through this because you've taken the time to design your life or plan your life and the reality is that quite a lot of people go through life planning a vacation 
more than they would spend planning their life, right? And if you're thinking, oh, it's all very well, this is a bit woo-woo, or my husband hates goal setting, he's very much just a, well, you know, we'll just um, wait and see what unfolds. Well, I would love to encourage you to waken up to your evolution and give you some inspiration for your evolution, which is the ethos and the basis of this podcast. And I'm going to dive right into that very shortly. The second part of this podcast has been, is a listener request. So a big shout out to Suze. Hello, Suze, who has asked me to do a solo show on how to get the kids to eat primal and how the heck we can do it. Now, I'm going to come at this from uh, being a mum and a health coach who's had 14 years of trial and error trying to get kids to eat healthy food. My um, suggestion, I don't give advice, my suggestion when it comes to what to feed the kids is to go out there and find out as much information as you can yourself. Absorb as much podcast information, speak to your functional medicine doctor or your naturopath, and then do what feels right for you. So take away from this episode that which resonates with you. You may find like one big clanger. You're like, oh, my goodness. Or you might find something really little. Like I was listening to a podcast with Shan from My Food Religion the other month, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, there's just little things that you forget along the way that you pick up and you discard. So it can be kind of a nice refresher or revision for you. So the two parts, first part is goal setting for 2021, or if you're listening to this some point in the distant future, it doesn't, you don't need the start of the year, which essentially is just a man-made construct, right? A calendar. (laughs) Every day is a new start. You know, every week is a fresh start. We've got various different seasonal starts and end of financial year starts and your personal evolution around the sun, birthday starts. So don't feel like, oh, well, it's March and I'm listening to this and this isn't relevant because this kind of work is the work which I do on a daily basis. It's not necessarily something that you just write some notes in your notebook and then don't look at it again (laughs) until 2022. It's the work that you can be doing every day should you choose to, right? And I really love getting stuck into my vision of the future because it's so inspiring, right? There's nothing better than I like than I like to um, nothing better that I like to do after lunch than to lie down with a guided meditation. So my favorite meditation is the six phase meditation by Vishen Lakyami from Mind Valley. And he basically will guide you through everything that we're meant to be doing, you know, in terms of expanded consciousness, um, relaxing your body, connecting with your breath, uh, feeling gratitude in your life, practicing forgiveness to others, visualizing your perfect life three years from now and visualizing your perfect day and then calling on something that's bigger than you. So you don't need to be religious or spiritual. You might be calling on your, you know, inner strength, or it might be the force of life that runs through everything, or it might be God. It depends what you're into. 
um, as to what's going to be relevant for you there. Another meditation I love to do is uh, from the beautiful Jess Shepherd from Rising Higher Meditation. And she has some really powerful guided meditations where she, she's got beautiful music. She's got a lovely, soothing voice and she walks you through your life in the future. Um, so in one um, pod, sorry, in one, so I listen to her on YouTube and one meditation that she guides us through, you get to walk around your dream home. You imagine what a, a day would be like in your dream job and how you want to interact with your friends and family um, and everything. It's just so wonderful. But you first of all need to know what you want those parts of your life to look like. And like I said, it's not just about business planning. It's about looking at all of the seven different areas of your life. So the seven different areas of your life, which are outlined by Dr. John Martini, of whom I'm a huge follower and fan of, um, the seven areas of life are physical, spiritual, mental, family, vocational, financial, and social. So my planning that I love to do is a combination of actual strategic business planning, um, very scientific, very corporate, and combined with a little bit of law of attraction. And now you might disregard this as woo-woo, or if you've got a very scientific brain, you might think this is just cod's wallop, don't need to get into it. And to you, I would say, give it a go. What have you got to lose? Because it's actually proven that thoughts create your reality. Thoughts become things. And I tell you for what, if you don't decide what you want in your life, in the seven different areas of your life, somebody else will, whether it's going to be the company that you work for, some kind of um, you know, domineering member of your family, or maybe it's a brand out there. You know, we're bombarded, bombarded with images and messages all day long. And it can be very easy to get influenced and swayed off down, you know, a track that you perhaps have not consciously chosen for yourself. So if not you, then who, right? Who's going to decide how your life works out? Now, full disclosure, I have only been doing this kind of work for four years. And wow, how my life has transformed in four years. So for example, when I first started doing this work, I was looking three years in advance when I created Primal Alternative. And I set some very specific metrics. So my big goal was, I'd love to recruit 100 primalistas across the world by Boxing Day 2020. Boxing Day 2020 has been and gone. Well, it hasn't really because it's only the 8th of December really when I'm recording. But to date, 185 primalistas have joined the business, which is nearly double what I set out to achieve. And I always, when I'm setting my goals, I always say what I want or something better. So I would like, you know, 1,000 primalistas globally by Boxing Day 2023 or something better. Okay. So what I love to do, first of all, it's a two-stage process. I love to do a little bit of what I call reverse gap gratitude. So I love to look back on the year that was or whatever it is you're looking, maybe you're reviewing your day 
I love to do that too just before I fall asleep um, or your week or your month or your quarter, etc. So just do a reverse gap reflection. And a really cool way to do this is to either record yourself for 10 minutes or to do this with an accountability buddy, somebody who's into this kind of personal growth and spiritual awareness. I even do this with my husband sometimes. I rope him into it around our anniversary. He's quite happy to do it, right? (laughs) Um, So you can just talk for 10 minutes uninterrupted. The other person doesn't nod. The other person doesn't engage in a dialogue with you. The other person simply holds space for you to basically journal out your thoughts verbally. And what I find this to be very uh, uh, creative and I can't find the right word to describe it. It's cathartic. That is exactly the word I was looking for. Thank you, whoever popped that in my head. Um, So it's very creative. It's very cathartic. And you sort of start off rambling on for a couple of minutes and then you hit a gold mine of stuff that you say and you kind of go, oh, I didn't even know that was in there. Oh, I didn't even know I thought that. And it's almost as if you become this stream of consciousness to your higher self bringing out the information that needs to come out that you might not find the time to do. If you're good at journaling in your in your um, notepad or your diary, then you'll know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I'm more of an audible listener. I'm more of an audible communicator, writing and typing. It doesn't come out fast enough for me. So I like to to verbalize my inner dialogue and my higher self dialogue. So do that. Either record it yourself if you don't have any friends that want to play along or get together with an accountability buddy and just talk. 10 minutes, set the timer on your phone, and then stop. There's usually tears around minute seven. That's normal. Um, Let them cry. (laughs) That's okay. Crying's fine. Then what you do is reflect back to each other. So it might be there's certain areas that you're celebrating, and they will celebrate that with you. Woo, that's awesome. Well done. And then there might be parts of your year that you're ready to let go of. You want to release them. So what I love to do is a little releasing ceremony. So we've we've celebrated the good bits and we're releasing the bit that you need to let go. Um, So what I love to do is to just write down on a scrap of paper a kind of word that, or somebody's name or something you want to let go of and then burn it. (laughs) It is ridiculously healing and you think when you look back at the things you want to let go of, you're like, wow, I actually physically burnt that and it's gone. It's gone. You set the intention that you want it to go. If burning it sounds a bit too witchy-woo for you, another thing we've done is to write it onto pebbles and throw them into the river or the ocean. Same kind of thing. Try it. If you go, sounds a bit out there, age. Give it a go because you may be surprised. It's kind of fun and it's, it's very exciting to do with your buddy. So that's the first phase. So reflection, celebration, releasing ceremony. I suggest you then take a break, maybe leave it a couple of weeks, a couple of days, because this works intense and you kind of need to have a little period of integration. The next session you have is your goal setting across the seven areas of your life. And what I want you to do is to create a matrix on paper, and I just mean a grid, right? 
So across the top, you write physical, spiritual, mental, family, vocational, financial, social, and then down the side of the grid, same thing again, physical, spiritual, mental, family, vocational, financial, social. Go across and void out the um, areas where the physical meets the physical because, right, you don't need to do that. But then what I want you to do is just consider all of those different areas of your life individually. So physically, how do you want your physical body to look and feel in the next year or in the next three years? Humans have a tendency to try and squeeze to, we overestimate, right, what we can do in 12 months, but we underestimate what we can do in three years. So take a three-year stance because five years, 10 years, your brain can't even compute that period of time, right? Give it a three-year stance and then you may want to set some action steps for the next year. But think about how you want your physical body to look and feel in 2024, right? Whoa, so far away, it feels like. It was even weird to say it. So for example, for me, I want to be really flexible. I want to have freedom in my joints. I want to feel, you know, sexy and not that I'm carrying too much weight because I'll be late 40s. Um, So physically, I still want to be able to dance. I want to be able to do my gym workouts and I want it to feel physically robust and resilient. Spiritual for me is more about your life purpose, what your contribution is. Um, so that would be very, t- very much tied for me to vocational, which is my business. Mentally, how do you want to feel mentally? Do you want to be going through life worrying about everything, feeling like it's too hard and what's the point? Or do you want to feel like there's fun? Do you want to be learning new things? Like all of these different categories will mean different things to you. So think about them individually. And then once you've done that with your buddy, go through on the matrix and work out where the physical and the mental aspects of your life would come in and vice versa. So where things cross on the grid, you may need to write bigger sheets of notes to start with, but then your prize at the end is to have this grid with either one word or a few words, which just sum up what your goals are in that area. And then you can have that as a, as a reference point. I'm thinking of uh, putting mine somewhere in my office or at the front of my diary. Yes, I still have a physical diary as well as an online one because I like to see things out old school. And I would love to know if you're going to try this out and how it works for you. And then once you've got that menu, if you like, of how you want things to look, spend time visualizing it. So I've heard of people will go through and the different areas of their lives and they will record walking through a perfect day and how that's going to look and and listen back to it, right? Uh, Dr. John Martini writes everything. He's got volumes and volumes of his ideal life. He works on it every day, how he wants it to look. He finds it the most inspiring thing he's ever read. Or you might want to do what I do, which is to have a guided meditation, lie back, relax, have somebody else take me on a journey through my perfect life. And I've got to tell you that once I started doing this and actually visualizing it and setting numbers and metrics and feelings, you know, the, the, um, the power is in the feelings, right? It's feeling it. That, as if it. It's feeling it as if it's happening now is what magnetizes that reality to you. 
And everything is created twice, right? First in the mind and then in reality. And this isn't just spiritual woo-woo and trickery, right? Everybody had to have that idea, the idea to start the first, build the first car, to create amazing businesses, to create plays, to write books, to come up with recipes. It all starts in the mind and then it manifests in reality. Super exciting stuff. Let me know if you love it and if you get on with it. My life has transformed in all areas of my life, in all those seven areas over the last four years since I've been doing this work. So I know it works and it just feels hugely empowering to know that you can have this effect on your life just by getting clear on what you want. And we've been raised, right? This is a little tangent, but we've been raised to be, you know, get what you get, don't get upset. I want, never gets. And it's undoing all of that conditioning to say, actually, I want this and this doesn't make me a bad, greedy person. This is actually going to make me, like I'm a much better citizen on this planet than I was four years ago. My contribution is so much more valuable. My experiences are so much more richer and my personal growth in all those different areas is off the charts. Oh, it's exciting. Okay, so on to a very different topic, but interesting too. And if you're not into the personal development stuff, just fast forward to this bit. Let's talk about how to get kids to eat healthy. So just go back to my waiver at the start of the show. I really want you to start with where you're at. If you have got some serious health conditions that you're dealing with, this is just going to be trivial grain of salt stuff, right? Work with a qualified practitioner functional medicine doctor, a GAPS practitioner, naturopath, nutritionist to, to really work out what's going to be specific to you. This, these suggestions that are going to come up in the next 10 minutes are very generic and I would love you to take away that which resonates with you and just discard that which doesn't. So one of my favorite things about kids is, and the thing that really makes me scratch my head is, why we talk about kids that are se- it's like they're separate to adults. Let's talk about, instead of talking about feeding kids, let's just talk about feeding small humans. You know what really gives me the shits? Kids' menus. Uh, when you go out for dinner, you go out for dinner, you can have a sirloin steak, you can get a gluten-free, you know, grilled fish with some gluten-free chips. You could get other things, right? Beef cheeks and yummy salads and fish and all sorts of yummy things. But then you look at the kids menu and they just like narrow it down to the most processed junk food crap that you could have ever seen. So it's usually mac and cheese or it's nuggets and chips. You know what it's like. You've been to pubs. And I would suggest Get your kids to, if you're going out and eating like that, get your kids to order something off the adult menu. If you've got super little kids, we used to just give them a bit of our plate because let's face it, portions are huge when you eat out, right? Or, you know, if you've got kids, um, you've got two kids and you know, one meal isn't going to be enough, get them an adult you know, to share with you and the kid, get them an adult meal and put it onto two plates. Um, but the, the key point here is to see kids as mini yous, right? It's you. It's just a little version. 
and they are turning into an adult version of you. The key foods we need to be looking at, I hear a lot about veggie smuggling or snuck in, um, you know, some extra greens here, there and everywhere. That's cool. Veggies are cool. But I think that the key thing that kids need to be having because they're going through such humongous growth is fat and protein, fat and protein. So meat um, is, is essential in my opinion. Uh, carbohydrates, not overly essential. And if kids are eating a lot of different fruits, they're going to be expert, getting a lot of the different vitamins that they may also find in vegetables. So there's been some studies, I don't have the data of the studies here, but it's just studies that I know of that have said, you know, it's pointless getting kids to chow down on spinach and broccoli because they don't actually have um, the ability to convert those vitamins in their body. They do, however, have the ability to absorb the vitamins from butter, where the cow is eating all the green stuff, and then the kids are eating the butter that the cow has produced. So don't worry overly about um, veggies. I would say stick to the fruits and more, you know, if, if that's what the kids are going to love. Kids love fruit. It's nature's lollies. It's delicious. Of course, they're going to love it. And focus more on ensuring that they get enough fat and protein because what I see a lot is that kids are just eating garbage, right? It's It's, you know, a breakfast cereal for breakfast. It's Vegemite sandwiches for lunch, it's mac and cheese for dinner, and there's not a great deal of fat and protein in there. And when I say fat and protein, we're looking for the protein to be ethically um, and quality sourced as well as the fat. So we're not talking about canola oil. We're talking about avocados and olive oil and ghee and coconut oil, etc. So, yeah, I think that is uh, pretty, pretty full on. Uh, in terms of the initial steps that I wanted to talk about. The next absolute bombshell that I've got for you is the number one secret ingredient that will bring everybody to the, who's eating at the table to their knees with delight. The one ingredient that's going to make all of your meals taste incredible. Do you know what it is? It's hunger. <laughs> bring hunger to the table and that might mean you need to adjust your dinner time. So I know, for example, when we were pre-kids, we'd eat dinner whenever it suited us, half seven, eight o'clock at night, until we realized that kids are really get really hungry around four o'clock and five o'clock, and then super little kids will fall asleep in their dinner if you feed them any later than half past five. So we brought our dinner time uh down to an earlier stage. And Dr. Dingle would argue that you really need to be giving the kids, they come home from school ravenous and they're tired. That is when you're going to get the most nutrition into them. That's when they're going to just be raiding the pantry, raiding the fridge, looking for food. And if you don't provide something that's full of good fats and protein and vitamins and minerals, then they're just going to reach for lollies, chips, whatever else, you know, the sorts of things kids eat after school. So, and then you're like, why are you not eating my meal? Well, because I'm full on rice crackers, I'm full on chips, whatever it is that they're having. So bring hunger to the table, consider nourishing and meeting the needs of your kids a little bit earlier. Um, and I would say as well, something that I found really helpful is to not worry too much about what happens during the day at school. 
And again, obviously, if your kid has got extreme allergies or you're working with some serious health issues, this is not going to be relevant to you. But for the general family where everyone's pretty healthy and they're just looking for ways to optimize health, this can be a real opportunity to let go of that tight grip that we've got around food and just go, you know what, whatever, whatever happens during the day is fine. Because the older your kids get, the less control you will have over what they put in their mouth. When they're little babies, you're like so smug because everything is perfect because you control it all. But don't, please don't send a kid to high school and be obsessing about what they've got in their lunchbox. Because I tell you for the absolute, you know, it's it's gospel that if you're sending them to school with ultra healthy things, they're going to either be throwing them away, swapping them out for crap that you don't want them to eat. I know it happens. I've seen the wrappers in my kids' lunchboxes, right? So I now have got this arrangement. So, and it's age appropriate, right? Sam's 13, Millie's 10. They make their own lunchboxes. I don't care what goes in them. They make their own lunchboxes. We make breakfast and dinner and they're like the bookends of the day. So I know that the kids are going out the door on a morning with, and I'll give you some examples of the sorts of things we give them. Uh, uh, The fat and seedy granola, the primal alternative granola is a big hit here with some yogurt and some fruit. We do uh, Joe Witten's smoothies, which are in the life-changing foods book, the macadamia, what's it called? High energy macadamia and something mango smoothie, which is mangoes and it's macadamia nuts and it's avocados and we put collagen in there. So there's, yes, there's some yummy fruit, but it's also balanced out with good fats and protein as well and not going to leave them, you know, on a sugar crash at nine o'clock when they arrive at school. We um, have a really awesome gluten-free sourdough bread that we buy locally here in Denmark. So we sometimes just do toast and tropical fruit bowls um, and toasties or pancakes using our low-carb um, pancake and waffle mix. There's definitely a couple of fry-ups a week. Um, my son in particular is obsessed with bacon. So we get some lovely uh, nitrate-free bacon. They have that uh, with eggs and a few you know, chopped up veggies and that kind of thing. And don't be afraid. Don't think that vegetables just belong at dinner time. Vegetables used to just be a little garnish, didn't they, on the plate? Chuck on some sugar snap peas with breakfast. Chop up some carrots. Um, they're yummy. A bit of cucumber, olives, anything you can chuck on the plate makes it look prettier, makes it feel more like a little picnicky, snacky plate. Kids love that shiz. All right. What else have they got? All right. Normalized junk food. Normalized junk food, right? It's out there. And, I, you know, humans don't like deprivation. So if you're like, a, we do not drink fizzy drinks. There will be no lollies passing your lips. Then guess what's going to happen? Your kids are going to go out and be absolute mentalists, getting their hands on that stuff when they get older. I saw when I, I must have been about 12 and we were on holiday and we were on holidaying with a family that did not allow sugar, no sugar at all. We had sugar, but it was no big deal because it was there all the time, right? And this little girl, she was three well, she might have even been two. And we went out for dinner and she saw the sugar bowl and she ate the whole bowl. <laughs> and that is what happens when you try and deprive any human of anything, right? So I like to normalize junk food 
by buying healthy swaps for that junk food. So, you know, you can get various kinds of lollies on the market. I go for the, the lollies that have got the least crap in them and you can have three of them a day. So you can have lollies every day, but a little bit, and we'll get a better version that doesn't have all the crap in it. You can buy apps like Chemical Maze, which will help you navigate which numbers are good and which numbers are bad because there's a lot of really clever marketing out there that makes you feel like you're making a good choice, but you might not necessarily be. And it definitely pays to practice label reading and navigating numbers because it's like learning a foreign language, right? It takes a bit of time, but once you've got it, you'll be fluent and it's going to definitely help you on your journey. The other top tip that I've got is to keep your house full of clean foods that you don't mind your kids eating at any time. So I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of parents talk about, you know, it's getting close to dinner time and you're about to serve up this amazing nutrient dense meal. And the kid's like, oh, mom, I'm starving. You're like, no, you must not eat anything. And they say, I really feel like a, just a nice warm buttered slice of toast. You're like, no, have an apple. That I believe is denying them the opportunity to listen to their body and to tune into their hunger signals. So ghrelin is the hunger hormone. What we want to be doing, I think, as parents that are consciously raising children to listen to their bodies and become aware of their hunger and their satiety as well, right? You want to be able to listen to your body. Don't make your kid finish what's on the plate. That's the worst thing ever. That's like the biggest hangover, I believe, from the war and the depression when we're on rations. It's like, oh my God, eat it all. We don't know where the next meal is going to come from. And it, you know, it also comes from our um, hunter-gatherer background as well, right? But the reality is there's no shortage of food anymore. So there's no need to finish everything that's on your plate if you become full during that sitting. And that doesn't mean we throw it all in the bin and this is only available to privileged, financially well-off people, right? Take any scraps that the kids leave or that you leave because you are also not a dustbin. That's how my mum talks about it. She says, I'm not, I've decided I'm not a dustbin. My body is not a dustbin. I'm not going to force this food down there. So take the food that's left over, put it in little containers in the fridge, put a fried egg on it for tomorrow, call it breakfast, take it for lunches, have it as leftovers a few nights later. The, the, you get the point, right? And we're always doing it, picking blueberries off a plate and putting them back in the container. There's no such thing as waste. Um, if there is any food waste, get some chickens, feed it to them. They'll swap you out with some eggs. Really good deal. Um, and if there is waste that you don't want to eat and your chickens won't even eat, compost it, put it on your veggie patch, turn it into good soil. So there's lots of different things that we can do. But yeah, definitely keep your house full of clean food so that kids can honor the signals that their bodies are giving them and empower themselves to go into the fridge, to go into the pantry and get used to making healthy choices because that's all that's available, right? And I don't mean that they've got to whip up you know, some kind of dinner, but have things, have things that are there on hand, things like olives, things like veggie sticks and a nice nutrient dense hummus. Maybe you've made it yourself, maybe you've, maybe you've bought it from the shop or a guacamole. All kids love guacamole or a lovely salsa. 
Maybe you can make some lovely bliss balls or, you know, grain-free cookies or buy primal alternative cookies. Maybe have some pizza that's cooked and sliced up and it's in the fridge. Slices that you know are made with good stuff. Um, yeah, smoothies. We, whenever we make a smoothie, we always double it up. So there's a smoothie just to grab and go and let kids navigate that. And I think, you know, as well, like I said, with the lollies, have healthy versions of everything. Have a good source of chips in the house. And, you know, we, we have a thing where I'm not a big chip lover, but the others are, right? So we get the best quality chips we can get and we eat one bag a week and everybody, you know, there's a little bowl that you have a serving in. You don't take the whole bag into your bedroom to eat it because we all know where that leads. But you give yourself a little serve and once that bag's gone, it's gone. And I think that that works beautifully because people are nobody's missing out, but they're learning portion size and they're learning, um, yeah, that it's okay to have a little bit of what you fancy, which it is, right? So normalizing junk food can really take the appeal of it out. And you can junk food and take away vibe any meal. You can paleofy fish and chips. You can paleofy a takeaway curry. You can paleofy a burger. You can paleofy pizza night. You can do everything just in a healthier way. Um, and it's more delicious. I don't know if you find that, but I think that this way of eating is way, way, way more delicious. Okay. So we've talked about allowing um, kids to honor their own hunger. If they, if you've slaved over an amazing meal and they're like, I'm not hungry, whatever. Don't, don't put any food shame on them. Don't get them. I hate this when you see just one more mouthful, just one more mouthful, just push it down you. No, let them be the boss. They have very little control over freaking anything in their lives, right? You tell them what the schedule is. School tells them when to sit down and shut up and get on with it. Food and listening to their body is one part of their lives that they can exercise some control over. So let them feel empowered when it comes to honoring their hunger. Don't force them to clean their plates. Let them have access to healthy, nutrient-dense food that you want them to eat anytime you want. Now, if you have got a husband or you have got a little penchant for crappy food that you want for you, but you don't want your kids to eat it, well, then that's double standards, right? It's not very fair to say, well, this is mummy's. No, you're not allowed any of that. You just have to have that healthy organic popcorn over there. Mummy's having this bar of Cadbury's later. Shh, go away. Like, it's not really fair. It's sending mixed messages. So what I would suggest is, and this is what happens in my house, ladies and gentlemen, have an adult stash. My mum did this too. My mum used to hide food from me uh, because she knew I'd eat it all. So I'm glad she did in a way. Um, but my husband really likes a bit of crap food. He loves a few bags of Jersey caramels. He loves really crappy additive added chips now and again. What else has he got up there? Yeah, and crappy chocolate, you know, the purple one in the wrapper. Yeah, he likes that. So he has a little stash. That's up there. The kids know where it is. They know that's dad's stash. Sometimes dad will give them a little Jersey caramel. <laughs> but the kids have got their mainstream food in the family pantry and they know they can access that whenever they want. All right, here is, I've got two final points for you. One of them is don't force kids to try things. <laughs> I just had this real realization 
myself only about a month ago, quite a lot of foodie experts out there will say, you know, kids don't have to like everything on their plate, but they've got to try it. They've got to try it. I tell them, you've got to try it. Otherwise, if you don't try it, then there's no other food and you can come back to that same meal for the next three days until you bloody eat it. No, that is not allowing them to trust their gut and to trust their intuition when it comes to making good choices. So you might think, well, that's rubbish. That's rubbish, H. You know, why shouldn't my kid be forced to try avocado? Or why shouldn't my kid be forced to try eggs, which was a very real situation for us. So we'd say, why don't you like eggs? You've got to like eggs. Eggs are super nutrient dense. My kid, Sam, he loves egg whites. He won't touch egg yolks. And we used to try and sneak them in smoothies, sneak them into some nice cream until I took him to the naturopath and we found out he had an egg yolk intolerance. And somehow that clever little intuitive baby human knew not to eat egg yolks. He just knew it on an intuitive level. But we were thinking, he's a fussy kid. He's fussy. What's the point in just eating the egg white? All the nutrients in the egg yolk. He's missing out. Well, I've got to tell you that my kid has never touched an egg yolk apart from the ones that we snuck into him. I feel bad about that now. (laughs) Um, It's all right. When you know better, you do better. You know, he has not suffered any health issues from not having egg yolks, right? It's ridiculous. And now he's a teenager. Do I want him to try everything that people offer him? Hell no. I want him to intuitively think, is this joint or is this ecstasy tablet a good idea or not? Imagine. I know, right? We're like, oh, oh my God. Forcing a human to override their intuition. No, you must try this. You must try it. Imagine, imagine how that's going to come out later as an adult. And you might be thinking, that's not nothing to do with it. But for me, it really hit home in a very profound way to allow our baby humans to honor what they know best and not be overridden by authority to try things Right now with a little, you know, toddler, primary school kid, you're the authority. When they get to high school, the peers are the authority. The peer pressure, I know this, Maggie Dent has told me this, the peer pressure becomes more important. Peer approval becomes more important than what your mum and dad want you to do, right? We all know that. So do you want your kids to try everything? No, you don't. So allow them to become intuitive and when they make good choices, reward them by saying, hey, that was a really good choice. Don't put the proud bit into it. I'm really proud of you. No, because that means there's going to be shame if they don't do something that makes you feel proud. And really, you know, I think that the food shaming thing is such a big one and it's so, so ingrained in us that it sometimes comes out by mistake you know, my daughter adores mayonnaise. She, you know, she'll have three tablespoons of it with dinner. And we're like, you should only really be having like a teaspoon or a tablespoon max. But she loves that mayonnaise and she's going fine. And you know what? That mayonnaise is full of beautiful olive oil, egg yolks, bit of Dijon mustard and salt. 
do we just need to chill out a bit about the mayonnaise? I think we do. And I think the other thing we need to chill out about is carbs when it comes to kids, right? And I know I mentioned before, sometimes it feels like kids are just having a pile of garbage. It's just beige food, breakfast, noon and night, and all the snacks in between. It's coming out of a packet and it's just horrible on all sorts of different levels. But we do, it's okay to give kids some rice if it works for them. It's okay to give kids some potatoes. They're burning a lot of energy. They're growing. Um, So I really think that the best and easiest way to make sure everybody gets something that they need from dinner is to just add a serve of carbs with it. I personally don't really want to eat rice and potatoes. I don't need those carbs for where I am right now in my life. But, you know, if I serve up something like a, a steak and a salad with a side of chips, I mean, who doesn't want that meal? Then people can come to that table and they can take away what they need most from that plate. Usually for my son, it's demolishing the steak rather quickly. And for my daughter, it's usually about the carbohydrates and the fat. And that's okay. So don't freak out too much. If your kids don't like zoodles and they don't like cauliflower rice, it's okay. They're not meant to like it. (laughs) So let me have a look through my notes that I made. Yeah, I think I just can't drive it home enough to just work out how serious is your situation. You know, if you've got a kid that's nonverbal, that's not going to the toilet, that's refusing to eat anything other than, you know, I don't know, one thing, that's a serious condition. That's a serious problem. Go and see an expert. I love Elise Comerford, Elise Comerford, uh, who's a GAPS practitioner. She'll be able to help you out and she's very good with dealing with um, acute extreme cases for families. Um, you may already have a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor for serious conditions. This information here in the Primal Alternative podcast today is just generic little bites for you to take away and hopefully help you just release the tight grip, release the tight grip we've got on food. Know that your little human knows what to eat, knows what's good for it, will eat, and I think if we could just spend a little bit more time honoring the times that they like to eat most, you know, you might have a, a kid that just isn't a breakfast kid. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Have some stuff available that they can pack into their lunchbox um, that's going to mitigate the fact that they haven't had a huge, brilliant bookend version of a breakfast. Um, you might have a kid who. Yeah, whatever kid you've got, there is some takeaway in this today. My top tips just to summarize are start with where you're at. How serious is it? Get some help. Think about fat and protein as making up the majority of each meal. Um, Gluten-free substitutes are fine. Things like rice and potatoes, don't stress about it. Keep your house full of clean food you are happy for your kids to go and get. Don't have anything that's off bounds. Let them choose what they want. And that includes having fizzy drinks on hand. Maybe you can get a lovely water kefir or a kombucha or fizzy water with lemon in it is delicious with some ice cubes. Knock yourself out. Healthy versions of healthy versions of milkshakes like amazing smoothies already whipped up and in jars that they can just grab. They can get a um, stainless steel 
straw out of the freezer and amazing. You can make your own beautiful nice cream that is just cream or coconut cream and fruit. Um, you can have healthy versions of baked goods like uh, nourishing cakes, cookies that aren't just piled with carbs and sugar. Pancakes are amazing. Everybody feels like it's their birthday when they get pancakes and having a healthiest version of a lolly or making your own gummies can be a really fun treat as well. Allow them to honor their hunger. Remember, you'll never see a baby pig out on a boob. When, when a baby is nourished, they'll just drop off the boob, they're done. And it's the same with kids. We don't need to micromanage their appetite. We just need to listen to the signals and make sure we've got something amazing for them. I know my daughter, um, when she was going through a phase of being starving at four o'clock when she got home from school, I just started making stuff for her that was going to sat, you know, satisfy her, that was full of fat and protein, that was going to be good for her at that point when she needed it. And then she just kind of pushed dinner around and that was fine too. Husband took it for lunch the next day. No such thing as waste. (laughs) And remember, don't force kids to, to clear their plate and don't force them to try new things. Let them do it if they want to and let them become an expert on themselves. All right. Well, I do sincerely hope you have enjoyed this little primal bite today from H, your um, podcast host. And if you do get any, um, you know, beautiful insights from this show, let me know. Reach out to me, info at primalalternative.com. If you love the show, it would really help me reach more people if you would give it a review or rate it on iTunes. And I look forward to talking to you next. If you want to learn how to create and sell nutritious, honest food, help more people, be part of a supportive community, and start your own home business that's in alignment with your highest values, then the Primalista license is for you. Head over to primalalternative.com to find out how this works. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.